right. I appreciate that. That's a good song. Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews tonight. Hebrews chapter 10. We are looking at, on Sunday night, we've been looking at principles. Principles are just simply some some guiding lines that we we find in Scripture that teach us uh, how to make decisions, how to live our life, uh, how to uh, judge certain things uh, before we, we do them. Tonight, the, the principle that we're going to look at is the principle of waiting, of waiting, just waiting for, not just on the Lord, but for the Lord and for him to work in our lives. Hebrews chapter 10, let's all stand together if you would. We're going to read verse 36, and let's read that verse together out loud in unison. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. Let's read it together. It says, for, we, for ye have... Well, let's try that again. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36. For ye have need of patience that... After ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to come to church on a Sunday night. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to listen to your word preached. And Lord, I, I, I pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts about something that every single one of us has struggled with at one time or another, and we may be struggling with it right now, that the, the, the uh, need for patience in our lives. And uh, throughout Scripture, uh, you never have, have, I've never read any, any place where you've admonished us to not be too patient. But you have told us over and over again to not be hasty when it comes to doing things. We need to, we need to be patient. We need to wait for you. And teach us something about that tonight, Lord Help us to see how we can take that concept and incorporate it into our lives in a way that will honor and glorify and magnify you. You are our, our God. You're our Savior. And uh, Lord, you are, you are worth waiting for. You're not only worth waiting for for someday when we will see the blessed hope and see you face to face but you're worth waiting for on a day-by-day -day basis in the individual situations of our lives. We pray that you would, you would uh, speak to our hearts tonight and help us respond to you accordingly for us in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Verse, verse uh, 36 again says, for you have need of patience. And all God's people said, uh, boy, is that the truth. Uh, if, there's ever, if there's ever a need that I think all of us could say that we, we definitely could use more of, that would be more patience. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Um, the definition of, of the principle of waiting is simply this. I'm not only to be obedient to God's will, but wait for his timing. Uh, we're, we're big on obedience, and we should be. And we should be, we should be interested in wanting to do what God wants us to do. But sometimes we become indifferent as to the timing of that. And timing is an, is an important issue in the Christian life. Take your, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 8. The two verses that we're going to read, verses 5 and 6, are two of the favorite verses of uh, Pastor, Pastor George Birkinshaw. He has quoted, I, I, I can't tell you how many times he's quoted these two verses to me. And uh, uh, they, they are important verses because it talks about two things that are very, very necessary when it comes to making decisions and determining things in your personal life. In verse 5, it says, Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Because to every purpose there is time and judgment, therefore the misery of man is great upon him. He, he talks about the fact that obedience is important, but Within that obedience, there's an importance of time and judgment. Not just knowing what to do and not just knowing what the situation is before you, but then knowing when to enact the things that God has told you to do. Uh, one, of the, one of the problems that I have had in the past, and I look back over my shoulder, and there have been, there have been too many times where I have gotten ahead of God. And with God, timing is, a, is an extremely important thing to get down. Uh, you might know what to do, but you need to also find out when it is that God wants you to do it. And um, uh, mistakes are often made too soon rather than too late. I, I've watched people rush into things that... Uh, they were supposed to have some time to prepare for, that they were supposed to have some time to get ready for, and they passed the preparation, and they just went headlong into the underbrush, so to speak, and ended up in a real mess. Uh, now, again, it may be doing what you know the Lord wants you to do, but make sure that you have the timing down. There's some, there's some examples of, of waiting that you find in Scripture that are, are, are pretty stark and pretty obvious. For instance, uh, one is Abraham. Abraham was old, and Sarah was old. And then God comes along and says, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a son. And all the nations of the world are going to be blessed uh, by your son. Well, uh, this, this took place in, in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12. And then time, some time goes past after that promise. And they got older and older and older. And Sarah was, was naturally past the time of childbearing. And, and uh, so they looked at that whole situation and said, well, you know, maybe we need to take this thing into our own hands. That's always a mistake. And uh, Abraham went into Sarah's handmaid rather than waiting for God's timing on the thing. Now, the, the bottom line is God eventually gave them a son through Sarah. It wasn't through the handmaid. That was not the will of God. But they got ahead of God. You don't want to get ahead of God. You want to make sure you're on his, his, time, his timeline. Uh, David's another example. Uh, David was anointed to be king in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Uh, that was his calling, and he knew 
that one day he would be the king. But, but let me just say this to you. There's a, there's a principle that kind of goes hand in hand with this. God's calling is not necessarily God's immediate enabling. Will God enable you to do that which he has called you to do? Absolutely. I have no question in that. But be careful on the timing. Uh, sometimes there is a long period of preparation before, before the, the actual enabling and the actual uh, enacting of, of that thing that God wants you to do takes place. Um, David was anointed in, in 1 Samuel 16. Then in, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, he's anointed king over Hebron, over the house of Judah. And uh, uh, that was only part of Israel. And then eventually in 2 Samuel chapter 5, he's anointed king over all of Israel. But understand something. There was, uh, according to Schofield, and, and again, I don't know if the, if the dates are exactly right here, but if they are, there was 15 years between, well, first of all, there was seven years between the, the anointing and the very first uh, uh, crowning of him as king over the house of Judah. And then, then you find another eight years after that before he's made the, the, the king over all of Israel. That's 15 years. And you say, wow, you know, that's a long period of time between the calling, the anointing, and the actual enabling, the actual act of making him king. But God knew that, and, and, and God prepared him during that time. During that time, he learned lesson after lesson after lesson. He was in the wilderness with Saul. Uh, he was running from Saul in the wilderness. And, and uh, there were two separate times that uh, Saul was literally at the mercy of David. Here's David, and he's got the opportunity to go after and kill the man who tried to kill him twice. And twice God gave him an opportunity if he wanted to take it. I believe it was a test. I don't believe it was an opportunity to take his life at all. And he understood that. Now, he had, he had men that tried to encourage him to do it. Go ahead. Hey, here's your, here's your chance. You can become king now. But he understood that he would be taking things into his own hands. And he said, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to force this issue. I, instead, I'm going to wait for God's timing on the thing. And eventually God, uh, God had Saul killed in battle. And uh, then he became king uh, over the house of Judah, over Hebron. And then he eventually became uh, king over all of Israel. But uh, twice he had a chance to take out Saul, and he did not take it because he knew that that would be forcing the timing of that thing, and he didn't want to do that. Uh, another one, another example that we have in Scripture is Paul. Paul, after he got saved, he spent three years in Arabia and Damascus. And there's, there's very little said. In fact, there's almost nothing said about exactly what happened during that time. I believe what, what happened was God got him ready. God prepared him. Uh, God, God uh, got him ready to, be, to become and enact 
uh, as an apostle of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he needed that time. Now, again, he had an awful lot of education in his background. He had an awful lot of experience in his background. But, but the timing wasn't right. And he had to wait for God's timing on the thing. Uh, you look at Jesus Christ himself, the Lord Jesus, uh, when he came to this earth, how old was he before he actually started his earthly ministry? Well, the truth of the matter is he was capable of doing ministry at any age. At 12 years old, he was in the temple and he was answering questions uh, of, the, uh, of the rabbis and the priests and the, the leaders of the, of the synagogue. And uh, uh, yet that wasn't the time. It wasn't until he was 30 years old that he actually uh, entered into ministry, his ministry for, for three and a half years. Throughout scripture, there are admonitions that we have in, in telling us to wait. Uh, let's take a look at some of them. Go with me to Psalm 37, if you would. Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Psalm 37 starts out talking about a person who is looking at the prosperity of the wicked and fretting uh, over that. And of course, that was David. And uh, uh, God tells him this in verses 5 through 10. Look with me in Psalm 37, verse 5. It says, Commit thy way, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who, uh, who bringeth uh, wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while... And the wicked shall not be, yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. Uh, what God's just simply saying is, don't worry, the, the wicked will get their due, but don't take it into your own hands. There's certain, certain uh, things that he tells him there. He says, rest. Just, just relax. Just sit and, and, and be patient. He said, wait patiently. He said, cease from anger. Don't let this thing get you all in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, a tussy, you know, get all upset. Uh, he says, he says uh, uh, fret not. In other words, don't worry about the situation. Just sit and wait for God to act. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 20. Go to Proverbs 20, next book in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 20, and we'll look in verses 21 and 22. Proverbs 20, 21 and 22 says this, as an inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but... Wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. 
Don't take recompense of evil in your own hands. Uh, if you, if you uh, uh, are, are uh, uh, getting an inheritance, the prodigal son should have listened to this. Uh, he shouldn't have gotten his inheritance hastily, but he did. Uh, he, was he going to get it anyway? Yes, he was, but he got it too soon, and he couldn't handle it. He went and he wasted his inheritance on riotous living. And uh, just the, the, the admonition here is basically just don't take matters into your own hands. Allow God the time to work. And while you do that, that means you have to be, have to be patient and wait for him. Go to Psalm 130. Psalm 130. In Psalm 130, look at verses 5 and 6. Psalm 130, verses 5 and 6. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. And he says in verse, verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Don't put your expectations in, in uh, circumstances, don't put your expectations in people, but put your expectations in God. And what, what part of the purpose of waiting uh, is, is to get into the book and grab a hold of promises so that during your waiting, you can be strengthened and you know that God is going to work. You know that God is going to come through, but he's going to do so in his time. Uh, go to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 29. And this, this business of waiting isn't just for, for big events in your life. Sometimes it's just incidents in which we're having just a, a simple conversation. Uh, if you look in Proverbs 29 and verse 11, it says, A fool uttereth all his mind. But a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Have you ever been in the middle of a conversation? And while after the fella has, or the gal has, has just uh, uh, said about half of what they want to say, you want to just jump in and interrupt. They do it on the news programs all the time. Drives me absolutely crazy. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you've got something to say. You've got an answer. Just wait. Give them the opportunity to say what they're going to say. And then wait until the end. And then if God want, still wants you to speak, then go ahead and say so. There have been times when I have done that. And, and by the time you get to the end, God has just made it very plain that I'm not supposed to say anything at all sometimes. Uh, you, you're, you're a whole lot better off not saying anything than saying the wrong thing. Have you ever, have you ever spoken something and about the time Time the last word went out of your mouth, you almost, you know, you wish you could just grab them and shove them back in. Uh, well, that's not possible. And so that's why it's important for us to wait to speak. Uh, look in, in the same chapter, chapter 29, um, look down in verse, uh, verse 20. It says, Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Don't be hasty. Don't be hasty to make promises. Don't be hasty to rebuke. Uh, don't, you know, uh, uh, 
there, there have been many times when this has happened when I've known that I've had to speak to someone about something that's an unpleasant thing to speak about. Uh, and, and I know the, the issue has to be addressed. And as, as pastor, uh, particularly, I've, I've had it happen often where uh, God just makes it real plain. You've got to address this matter with this person. But understand that when God makes that real plain and real clear to you, uh, that doesn't mean you need to do it right this second. Uh, you need to also step back and say, okay, God, I'm willing to do it, because uh, that's, that's usually the first battle. The first battle is to say, okay, Lord, uh, I know it's an unpleasant thing to say, and I really don't want to won't want to even address that particular thing, but I'm willing to do it. All right, now you're surrendered. Now you need to get surrendered on the timing of the thing. And there, there, are, there are times, and you need to be careful. You need to make sure you're not just putting it off, but you're, you're allowing God to work. Here's what happens, and I've seen this happen many times in my ministry. Uh, God has spoken to my heart about addressing something to someone. And, and I, I, I need to talk with them about a particular thing. And so I've said, okay, Lord, if you want me to talk to them about it after this service, then let them hang around and I'll, I'll, I'll stop and see them. And I mean, we're done with the service and that person is just, boom, out the door. I mean, I watched it. I've seen it happen. And I said, okay, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Amen. This wasn't the time. I understand. I, I'm, you know, I'm submissive to you and I'm willing to do it in your time. What, what, that, what that does, I believe, with all my heart, is it, it gives God an opportunity to work on that person's heart over that waiting period so that when it finally is time for you to, to, to step up and talk with that individual, it is the time and they are ready to hear it. You know, I don't, I, I don't get any pleasure out of giving negative information to anybody. But, but the truth of the matter is, whenever you do that kind of thing, you want them to respond properly. You don't want them to respond improperly. You don't want them to get mad. You don't want them to get upset. You want them to say, okay, I, I see what it is that I need to take care of, and I, I'm willing to take care of it. That's what you want. And sometimes we just simply need to wait until it's, until it's God's timing. There's, there's some pretty, pretty uh, drastic results that God speaks of when we don't wait. There's some, there's some repercussions that we end up facing uh, because of, of, a, of a lack of waiting. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs 14. In Proverbs 14, look down in verse 29. Proverbs 14, 29. It says, he that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. What happens is, is that uh, folly becomes the result when we're hasty in spirit, when we're quick, quick to act rather than waiting on God and waiting for him to give us the go sign. Uh, and and when, when folly is ex exalted, what that simply means is you look like the fool. You're the one that, that looks foolish, not the person that you're speaking to. 
Another thing that, that, that happens, go to uh, Proverbs 21 and look with me down in verse 5. Proverbs 21, verse 5 says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty, only to want. Um, what, what happens is we end up lacking, we end up wanting, we end up in a poverty-type situation. Uh, have you ever lost money, or you ever uh, you ever lost money by 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 re reacting and spending money too quickly? Have you ever uh, made a? F How many of you ever made? Now be honest with me, because my hand will be up in the air with you. How many of you ever made a foolish purchase because you just simply bought it? too fast. Anybody like that? <laughs> Just about every one of us. We all have done that one time or another. And what does that end up in? It doesn't end up in gain. It ends up in loss. And that's because we weren't, we, we, we weren't willing to wait for God and, and uh, to, to get the information that we needed to get before we, we, we did the thing that we were supposed to do or, or make the purchase. Uh, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Look at the first, first six verses with me. It says, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth, therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Uh, pay that which thou hast vowed. In other words, if you, if you tell God you're going to do something, do it. Don't, 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 don't lie to God. And then, then verse, verse uh, uh, 5 says, uh, Better is, is, is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Now, what that does not mean is, therefore, if it's better not to vow a vow than to vow a vow and not pay, then don't ever make any vows. No, you ought to make promises to God, but make sure they're ones that you're willing to keep. And, and don't be hasty in making the vow. Think it through. And, and determine how you are going to enact the vow that you make to God. And then verse, verse 6 says, Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. And that's through hastiness. Uh, Neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? Uh, in other words, it makes it real plain that, that uh, the wrath of God, the anger of God come down upon you if you're hasty in your words. Don't be hasty. Don't give God an, uh, a reason to chasten you and to, and, and to, uh, to cause you uh, misery. Make sure that when you make a vow to God that you mean it and, and take some time before you do so and think it through. And then, the, then the last thing down in Proverbs chapter 25, if you turn with me there, Proverbs 25, and we'll look down in verse 8, Proverbs 25 and verse 8, 
says, go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. Uh, if you're gonna, you know, if you've got to go up and, and uh, contend with a neighbor because of, of, a, of a particular problem or difficulty, don't be quick to do so. And if you are quick to do so, so what it'll bring is shame. Uh, the results of, of not waiting, the, the four things that we just looked at, it, it brings folly, it brings poverty, it brings lacking, it brings the wrath of God, it brings his anger, and it brings, brings shame. There's a characteristic that we've, we've kind of all implied all the way through uh, this, this, this whole study. Uh, and the, and the, the characteristic that's, that's needed to be learned is the, the characteristic of patience. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We need to learn patience. And if you're going to learn to wait upon the Lord, that means that you're going to have to put up with some things. That means you might have to put up with, during that waiting period, you might have to put up with some difficult circumstances, some difficult situations. Um, and you might have to suffer a little bit as, as a result. But it's better to suffer and wait for God than to be hasty and get ahead of him and then end up with the, with the results at hand. If you don't believe that, ask Abraham. He, he knows because he should have waited. He should not have, have run uh, into uh, having a child through uh, Sarah's handmaid. He should have waited for God, and he didn't wait, and he wasn't, he wasn't patient. You say, well, yeah, but he was getting really, really old, and he had real bad circumstances and situations, and, and he was getting concerned and worried. But bottom line is this. If, if God tells you something's going to take place, uh, the circumstances don't mean anything to God, okay? God could care less about the circumstances. He can overcome any circumstance in life. And so what he wants us to do is to be patient and wait for him. Um, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, I think in a lot of ways is really the Christian life from beginning to end in a nutshell, in five verses. Look at it. In the beginning, in verse 1, he says, Therefore, being justified by faith, that's salvation, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In other words, once you get saved, you have access to his grace by faith. And uh, he, he is, he's strong. He, from that point on, he can be strong on your behalf and uh, he can intercede on your behalf. In verse 3, it says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that, Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. In verse 5, what you've got is you've got growth. But listen, there is a process that goes, that goes on in our lives, and it, it comes through tribulation, and tribulation 
worketh patience. It says tribulation worketh patience, and patience is experience and experience hope. Once you get past the patience, you get some experience, and then you get some hope, and then the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, and you're growing in Jesus Christ. That's the whole process. But one of the key elements of that whole thing is when the tribulation comes, when the difficult, we're not talking about the seven-year tribulation period. We're talking about problems, difficulties, trials in your life. When that thing comes, there's one thing above all things that God expects from us. He wants us to wait. And he wants us to wait for him to act. Not for us to act, but for him to act. And there are times when we just simply have to have patience through the tribulation. Take your Bibles and turn to James 1. James chapter 1. And in James 1... Look with me, beginning in, in verse 1, it says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire Wanting nothing. I think one of, the, one of the, the, the greatest tools that God uses in our lives in order to uh, help us to grow in Christ and help us to mature is he brings in the difficulties, he brings in the trouble, and then expects us to wait on him. And it's during that waiting period that you learn so much. You learn to trust God. You learn to find his promises. What it does, what it's done for me in the past, it's driven me to the book. And uh, I've had to look for strength because I don't have it in my, in my, in my own self. You don't have it either. Neither, neither one of us do. Uh, none of us do. Uh, we, we, we need that strength from God to get us through that time. But I'll tell you what, when you come out on the other side of that thing, uh, you, you are more mature, you are worked on, and God has taught you some things that you couldn't learn any other way. Um, take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 15. Go to Romans 15. And I know we're, we're looking at a lot of scripture tonight, but I'll tell you, this is a, this is a theme and this is a a subject that you find all the way through the Word of God. So important to wait for God. Not just wait on the Lord, but wait for the Lord. In Romans chapter 15 and verses 4 through 6. Romans 15 verses 4 through 6. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Boy, those, those two together, patience and comfort of the scriptures. When you are being patient, you need some comfort. You need some encouragement. And the scriptures will give you that. It'll give you that strength. It'll give you that, that upholding that you need during that time of patience, that you might have hope. Verse 5, now that the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded, 
one toward another, according to Jesus Christ, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, patience comes from taking the scriptures to heart and looking for strength from the scriptures, looking for promises from the scriptures, looking for hope from the scriptures when you're in those, those times of patience when you've got the difficulty that's come your way. Uh, and patience is always a choice. It's something that we either choose to do or not to do. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. We looked at this, this passage this morning. We're going to look at it again because it's, it's something that God says that we need to add to our Christian experience and to our Christian life. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. He says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. He says that we need to add patience to our lives. That's our choice. That's, that's, that's not God's choice. That's our choice. Now, God will, will enable us to be patient. He'll give us the strength to be patient. But we're the ones that have to make the choice. In Luke chapter 21 and verse 19, and, and I, I know that the, the context is different. It's talking about, it's talking about the tribulation period in Luke 21, 19, but the, but the principle really upholds in all, all time periods. Jesus said this about patience. He said, in patience, possess ye your souls. That's a powerful statement. He says, you, pos you possess uh, the, the control of yourself through patience. An impatient person shows lack of control. A patient person shows that he's chosen to wait on God and, and, and to, to enact that principle of waiting. The, the thing that we need to just determine in our hearts and determine it tonight is that we're going to wait upon the Lord and wait for the Lord. While you're waiting for the Lord, you go ahead and serve God. You don't stop serving. You know, waiting, waiting for God doesn't mean stepping back, sitting down, and folding your hands and just saying, well, I'm just going to wait until God does something. No, you, you do a work for him. You get involved in ministry. You get involved in seeing people saved. You get involved in prayer. You get involved in Bible study. Uh, you get involved in, in the things that God wants you to do. But during that time, you wait for God. And while you're waiting for God, you wait upon the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for showing us, really, in Scripture, it's, it's so clear that there is a principle of waiting for you and, and just not taking things into our own hands and, and forcing a situation. Now, there's, obviously, there's times to act, and we need to have proper judgment, and we need to have proper timing. But, Lord, there's also times when we're just supposed to wait for you. 
And oftentimes it's during difficulty and it's during tribulation. It's during, during problems that enter into our lives and afflictions that come into our lives. And uh, Lord, if we, if we look at it and see what the scripture says, it's during that time that you do such a work on our hearts. But it's important for us to be patient. Boy, if there's ever a, a characteristic that we need to have when it comes to, to waiting for you, it's, it's the characteristic of patience. And in that patience, we need to be working for you. In that patience, we need to be hoping in you, not hoping in circumstances, not hoping in people, but hoping in our God. I have looked back on my own life and I have seen time after time after time when I've taken things into my own hands, when I've gotten ahead of God, it has never, it's never ended well. And Lord, I'm, I am thankful that though I have not oftentimes been patient with you, you have always been very patient with me. And Lord, I pray that you work on our hearts tonight. There might be someone here that's got a, an issue that they're facing and they're tempted just to head on into the underbrush and just, just go like a bull in a china shop. Uh, may they take a step back and look at not just the judgment of the situation, but also the timing of it. And in, in, in the whole process, God, our prayer is that you'd help us to learn to be patient. Now, if we ask you for patience, we know what's going to happen. Tribulation worketh patience. The way that we get the patience is going through the difficulty. But that's why Paul said that he could rejoice and he could glory in those things because he could see your hand even though it was a, a tough time and a difficult time. He could see your hand and he could see it plainly. But during the whole process, he needed to and learned to wait for you and be patient. Work in our hearts. And Lord, if there's decisions that we need to make tonight, if there's, there's, there might be a vow that we need to make to you tonight, we pray that we take it seriously and do so as unto you. Lord, uh, help, help decisions to be made that would bring you honor and glory tonight because we've decided that we will wait for the Lord. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.